welcome everyone to Kimberly Speaking Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Ms. Chatney White from Raleigh, North Carolina, the author of Delayed But Not Denied, How to Remain Diligent Through Setbacks and Disappointments. Welcome, Chatney. Hello, Kimberly, and thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so honored and glad to be a part of your podcast. Thank you for having me on uh, as a guest. I'm truly excited to share uh, with everyone. So I just want to say thank you again for this opportunity. Absolutely. Um, When I saw your book posted, I was like, man, that is a book that will resonate in the hearts of so many people, it resonated with me. And when I read it, I could definitely relate. You know, I was once a single parent. I was, you know, once working full time, going to school, doing all kind of things and, you know, just trying to better my life for me and my child. And I read your book and it just really, it really resonated with me. So I kind of wanted to have you on, let everyone know what your book is about, put it out there because, you know, you never know what someone is going through. And we all have experienced delays, you know, or what we see as a delay, but actually it's really just God's timing. Exactly, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, so it's it's truly all about perspective. But I know one thing that really, really um, jumped out to me in your introduction. So you said sometimes we can open the door to disappointment when we place unrealistic expectations upon people or make unrealistic goals. Yes. So when I when I mention that in the book, you know, a lot of times and there's something wrong with setting and having goals, of course you want to do that, but when I say as far as unrealistic timelines or unrealistic expectations, a lot of times we may expect something from someone. We may expect them to do certain things or to to basically maybe treat us or to treat a certain situation the same way we would. When we first have to understand that we are all we are all individuals. We're all different. We all have different ways of going about things. We all have different mentalities and different perspectives. So a lot of times we may place uh, unrealistic expectations on other people to do things for us or maybe to offer certain support uh, or whatever the case may be, and they may not have the capacity to do that or they just may not be in that same space or headspace that you are to do that, and so we may be, or we may be expecting someone to do something that they have no idea that we're expecting them to do. Now, when it comes to unrealistic uh, timelines, like a lot of times we may, you know, say, well, we want to, you know, accomplish or do certain things, but we don't think about or really count up the cost, meaning not just the actual monetary cost, but the cost as far as the the time or the energy that you may have to invest into something, you know, before it actually comes, you know, comes to manifestation. We may say, you know, well, I want to lose 50 pounds and, we, and, and say we want to lose that within two weeks. That's not realistic. Or we may say, well, I want to, you know, get to, uh, you know, a certain income status. Um, and we say, I want to I do that, you know, within two months not realizing that and not not thinking and being realistic about really how much time and energy and the sacrifices that may have to go into that in order for it to come about. So that's pretty much what I was talking about when I mentioned as far as having unrealistic 
uh, timelines or unrealistic expectations that we have to keep everything within perspective. And we have to also learn how to pace ourselves and not feel like we have to hurry up and rush and do things because we may be comparing where we're at to to someone else's journey, not not even realize or not even really comparing, you know, where they may have started or or how much skin they may have in the game, so it's not really a true or fair comparison. So that's what I was pretty much talking about when I was mentioning the unrealistic expectations and unrealistic timelines is that we have to, you know, put everything within reason, and we have to make sure that we don't, um, that we do that so that we don't experience or have or have burnout or get extremely frustrated in the process because we're trying to hurry up and get things done in a time frame that is not realistic. Absolutely. That is so true. I read that and I was like, man, this is true. And, you know, to me, I, I, I realize that, that is, that's what I do. You know, we have to communicate and verbalize our expectations to people so that they will know what we are expecting because they may be like, okay, hey, I'm not, I can't do that. You know, don't, don't expect that of me or don't require that of me because I'm not able to give that. So I right, think exactly. is like the main key. Like we have to communicate our expectations. We have to talk about, you know, whether it be on the job, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be a friendship, you know, family, all those things. We Communication is key. And when you communicate your expectations, they know what you expect. Exactly, exactly. You can't expect someone to know what your expectations are of them if it has not been uh, clearly and communicated to them. So you're right, communication is definitely important. Absolutely. And the unrealistic goals, I think that's a major one because I think that social media has people doing things maybe in the wrong timing or not in God's timing. I'll say that. And I don't know. I mean, we only know, you know, personally what God has called us to do or what God wants us to do. And that's where that relationship comes in. But I think that everything is on God's timing. So if we try to rush that, we're not going to get the results that he may want us to have. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. It's all about being in God's perfect time, and which I know I do. I know I also mention that in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to we have to really uh, get to that place and get a true understanding of of operating in God's timing versus just wanting to operate in our own timing. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, that that was that was good. That was good to me. Um, another thing that I read that I could actually relate to is when you talked about in chapter one, you know, how you had to move back home and how it was kind of a reset for you and you kind of like just went back and you reset and you, and it, was a, it wasn't a pleasant thing in the beginning, but it ended up being a good thing for you. And that kind of happened to me as well. But, you know, it kind of gave me a chance to get, get my head right, you know, focus, organize, make a plan, and then put it into motion. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, of course. So uh, during that time frame when I had to move back home with my parents, it was definitely, it was it was not an easy time in my life. It definitely was 
a rough time in a sense, of course. Oh, I'm sure you can relate to, you know, after you've already been out on your own for a while and then having to, you know, move under your parents' roof. I mean, that's a major adjustment because you've already, you know, been used to, you know, being in your own home, you know, having your own space, you know, doing things a certain way. But when you're living under somebody else's roof in their house, you pretty much have to kind of adjust and do things the way that, you know, they want you to do it, the, the way that they would like you to do or have you to do it, whether it's, you, whether it's moving back home with your parents or whoever because you're in their home. So that was an adjustment in a sense. And during that time, it was a rough time as far as, as, far as that goes. But during that time, I was also able to, really focus in on a lot of things and really do a lot of uh, self-assessment and really just, you know, determine and see, you know, where I was at, you know, maybe wrong wrong decisions or wrong turns I may have made. And I was really able to just really just take some time to really analyze and assess and look at the situation or look at things overall up until that point in my life. And um, I just basically – you know, I had to change. I had to change my mindset and my mentality from, okay, I don't like this season, God. I hate this season, God. Like, when I'm gonna, when am I gonna hurry up and get out of this season because I don't like it? To, what is it that that God wants me to learn? What is the lesson I need to learn while I'm in this season? What is it that He may be trying to teach me? What is He trying to work out in me? What is He trying to perfect within me? Because nothing just happens for no reason or by happenstance. And there's a reason behind everything, and there's a lesson to be learned along every part and along every step of our journey. There is a lesson or something that God wants us to learn uh, in it and in the midst of it. And even though it may be hard to realize and see when when you're in the midst of it or in the thick of it because all you can think about and focus on a lot of times is, I just wanted to hurry up and be over or I just wanted to be, you know, over and done with and I don't I don't want to be in this place anymore. But you have to shift your mentality and your focus to what is it that God has wanted to teach me, what is it that he's wanted to show me, um, what is it what is the lesson that I need to learn coming out of this. And there were so many lessons and things, um, you know, and I was, you know, I was stretched in so many different ways. But one of the main things that I I learned out of when I, you know, came out of that season of having to move back home is, number one, I learned about, I learned about serving. I learned about sacrifice because my mom had actually, uh, around that time, she had recently had a major surgery and it put her down for, you know, a couple months where she wasn't really able to do a lot of the things that she was used to doing. So even though me staying there, it was helping me out, but it also was helping her out in a sense because she was able to have that extra help. And so with me being there, um, I pretty much, you know, I pretty much was in that role of a part-time caretaker in a sense of pretty much, you know, being a servant. And that's something that, you know, I thought that, you know, I'm good with that. I don't have a problem with serving. But when you get put in in that role and that type of capacity, it really showed me that, okay, I still got some growing to do. You know, I still got some growing to do. Uh, there were a lot of times where 
my patience was tried, and I was like, you know, I love my mom, but I don't know if I can keep doing this. But <laughs> it really, really showed me, like, this is really what true serving is about. This is what sacrifice is about. This is really what love, unconditional love is about towards someone. Because when you think about it, when you unconditionally love someone, you are putting yourself on the back burner. You are putting their needs ahead of your own needs. You are serving them and doing things for them even when you don't feel like it. And so in in that in that regard, in those ways, I was being stretched, um, but it really caused me to grow in that area, and it showed me that, you know, I wasn't as far along in that area as I thought I was, but had I not had I not went through and experienced that, I would have thought, you know, I was good. I don't have a problem serving. I'm, you know, I'm not a selfish person or anything. But once you once you really get put in a situation, then is when it's really going to be put to the test. And so I was put to that test, and I was really shown, okay, yeah, I still had some growing to do in that area. I still had some things to work on. And so going through that, going through that season of my life, it really – it really caused me to to grow and develop and, and stretch in the area of serving, in the area of really, really showing showing God's unconditional and that agape love. It also, you know, it gave me that time where I was really able to just really hone in and develop and work on of my personal relationship with God even more, even though it had, you know, it had already been established and pretty strong over the years, but it allowed me to work on it even more and to further develop and deepen it even more. So going through that season, it it really it 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 worked for me in so many ways. And I know we hear that we hear the scripture all the time, you know, Romans eight twenty eight. You know, all things work together for the good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. But when you truly have to walk these things out, it's totally different. So even though that was one of the roughest seasons of my life, I will, if I, if I had to do it all over again, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take nothing from it because I was able to really grow and develop and strengthen you know, in a lot of areas that I didn't know that I needed to be strengthened in. So I would say that was really one of the main things that I got out of that is really learning truly what servanthood is all about and and not and being able to put myself um, you know, on the back burner and being able to make those sacrifices and, you know, being able to adjust and adapt and being in uncomfortable situations because as you go through as you go through our life you're always gonna be faced and put in uncomfortable situations. You know, it it just may show up in different ways, but everything's not gonna always be comfortable for you. So it really stretched me and and it stretched me and helped me as far as being able to get used to being in uncomfortable situations, being able to adjust and adapt and be flexible. And it really showed me what true servanthood is about. So for that, I'm grateful. And that's one of the, the main lessons that I will always take away from that. Absolutely. You definitely said it right. When we go through those those rough transitional seasons, God is doing things behind the scenes. You know, we don't know what he's working out in us. We don't know he's what he's working through us because 
what you also mentioned um, on page 19 was your process is not even about you, but it is more so about those who you are destined to help and impact with your story. So, you know, God knew then you would write this book. So he was giving you, you know, your, what you needed to give others so that they could get through their their seasons, their rough seasons, their rough times, their setbacks. You know, you know, he's so strategic. And I, that's one of the things that I do love about him. Like when you're going through something, it's like a puzzle. You don't know the whole picture. You know it's going to be a whole picture, but you don't know how he brings all the pieces together until after you're done. And you're like, okay, God, I see what you were doing. I see why you did this. Right. I see why you did that. So, you know, as you mentioned, your mom had a major surgery. You were there to help her. Is what You know, one of the main reasons why you were there was to help her. You know, God, right. God he works things out in such a way where, and it doesn't always feel good. That's for sure. I can attest to that. But it right. is so necessary. And and like you said, it brought out, you know, your servitude in yourself. And it, it kind of pulled things out of you, maybe that you were still working on your patience, you know, things of that nature. Because let me tell you, serving will definitely test your patience, honey. So I can attest to that. But, you know, I just think it was so good how you put that in. Like I said, it's just your book is so relatable to the average in any person to me because it's life, like it's real life. It's it's not, you know, something that people can't say. Well, I've never experienced that. If you are living on Earth, you've experienced this stuff that you talk about in your book. So I just right, exactly. I say if you live if you live long enough, you're going to experience some type of setback and disappointment in your life. There's yeah. no way that you're going to go through your whole entire lifetime and never experience or have a setback or disappointment and so I can attest to and I know I know what that feels like when it when it feels like you just that that you're experiencing setback after setback and Mm -hmm. disappointment after disappointment and it's like you know you're saying well God you know I can't seem to catch a break. What's going on? Or you may feel like, am I doing something wrong? Or, you know, you start going through and trying to rationalize and analyze everything to see where you may have messed up to deserve this. And it's and it and it's and most of the time it's not even about that. Nice. It's that whoever, if if God is going to use you in any type of way, in any shape, form, or capacity, then you you are going to go through a testing. You have to you have to you have to be able to have went through something to be able to have a testimony to be able to tell others about. Because as the saying goes, you can't have a testimony without a test. Without a test, and absolutely. So, and, and, and you can't be and you can't be relatable to anyone if you've never went through anything. So just like as you mentioned and what I put in the book, you know, your process is not even about you. It's about those that you are called to help, those that you are called to reach. And a lot of times when we're in the midst of it, of course, we're not thinking about that, but that's what we have to work on and constantly remind ourselves of is that this is not even about me. It's about me being able, I'm going to be able to come through and overcome this and be able to show somebody else you know, how they can, how they too can overcome this. If they find themselves in the midst of this and they'll be able to, to not only be a true testimony, but also to be able to show and empower and provide and provide someone else 
with a guide or with the tools or with whatever they need to be able to overcome if they find themselves in that exact same situation. Absolutely. And another another thing that I've also noticed when we're going through those tough seasons, God is building our faith. And because when, when God uses you, you're going to go through a process. You're not going to get to the promise, and you're not going to be used without being processed. So he's going to process you. And in that processing, when he's building you and pulling things out of you, he's also building your faith because you got to believe, hey, God, I'm going to come through this. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be better. You know, it's something on the other side of this. So that process is, is necessary. You know, if you look back in the Bible of all the great people that God used, he processed them. Look at Joseph. He was sold into slavery. You know, he was thrown into jail. He was falsely accused, but he ended up being a leader that God used. So you you look, it's like you just can use the Bible as a reference tool, and that's one of the things that I do love because you can't be like, okay, well, God, Joseph had it good. You know, he came up, he glowed up, he didn't go through nothing. No, Joseph went through. He was processed. He was tried in the fire, you know, along with other ones in the Bible that God used. So if they went through, you're going to go through. And Jesus went through. So, you know. Right. If he went through, then how can we even begin to think that we're going to get a pass? I mean. Absolutely. 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 So that's just really good to me. Um, I know you discussed how, you know, setbacks can come in the form of distractions, you know, and, and when, you're, when you are being processed by God, the enemy is going to send distractions. He's not going to want you to reach the place where God is trying to get you to. So you're going to experience, you know, those distractions. You're going to experience, you know, gonna, you're going to be derailed. You're going to have road bumps. So talk a little bit about overcoming those and some of the setbacks um, that you've experienced. Yes, most definitely. So like you said, a lot of times uh, setbacks can come in the form of distractions. When, like when I mentioned in the first chapter of my book, um, I start out, you know, when back back around the time when I first met my my child's father, and mm-hmm. how that was uh, a major distraction at mm-hmm. the time um, for me. I didn't see it as that, of course, um, at that time, but looking back in hindsight, I realized how that was just a major distraction sent by the enemy because I was so focused and um, I wasn't, you know, thinking about a boyfriend or being in a relationship or any of that stuff at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and, of course, you know, God, you know, turning around and made it work for my good, but just uh, experiencing that and, you know, having that encounter, it was definitely a distraction. And it set me back, uh, you know, in some ways. But how I was able to overcome and, and deal with that is, number one, I had to remind myself that this is just a part of my story, but it's not my whole story, and my story is not over with. So as long as I'm still alive and breathing, and I know that God still has a plan and a purpose for me to fulfill and that I got to keep going and I got to keep my eyes on the prize, on that purpose, on that promise that he has promised to me no matter what comes up, no matter what comes my way. And so that's what that's what that's how I was able to overcome and deal with that because I realized that 
this is just a chapter in my story, which literally it was a chapter in my story. <laughs> but this was just this was just a chapter. This was just a chapter in my story. It's not the whole story. And so I think a lot of times we allow ourselves to get defeated by one chapter in our story, but the book is still being written. The story is not over with yet. So we can allow we cannot allow ourselves to become defeated or all the way paralyzed just just based off of one chapter or one happening or one situation or one setback. Absolutely. We have to we have to learn how to keep our eyes looking forward, facing forward. And I think that's another thing that, you know, also helped me. Like I mean I know it it, it probably sounds very basic and, and very elementary, but when you think about it, a lot of people probably, you know, what 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 really can trip someone up is that they keep looking back or they keep yes. rehashing or thinking about the past or past mistakes or things that they that they didn't do right or things that, that if they had a do-over that they would do over again, but no, you're not getting a do-over. So like they say, you know, you can't cry over spilled milk. The only thing you can do is just wipe it up and keep it moving. And so that's what I had to do. That's what I, I chose to do in that particular situation is I chose to, okay, I'm not going to be crying and wallowing in the bed over this year. We need to have you a day of doing that and then go ahead and yeah. and do that and get it out your system. Get it out your system. But <laughs> right, go ahead and get it out your system. It shouldn't be like a week long thing or a month long thing where you're laying in the bed depressed, don't want to get up and not doing nothing. Like you know, take your time, take you a little break, time out if needed to get back in the game because life is still going to keep moving. Life is still going to keep going, and you don't have time to just sit and wallow in a pity party. you got to keep moving forward, and you got to keep doing what you got to do. That's so true. That is so true. And, you know, I listen to that, and what I do realize is we, like you said, looking back and wondering, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, I always say, okay, if I could go back, make different choices, would I be, you know, where would I be? But I feel like God allowed us to make those choices because he gives us free will, you know, to get us to a place. And all the choices that we've made ultimately lead us to where we are now. So, exactly. you know, you could have made a different choice, but you're going to probably still end up where he wants you to be at the end of the day. And and you can't condemn yourself, you know, because God doesn't bring condemnation. That's the enemy. You know, God will convict you. The Holy Spirit will convict you. I'm like, man, okay, you know that ain't right, or you shouldn't have done that, or that's not the right decision. But when you're getting beat up and you're constantly feeling, you know, defeated and 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 those feelings of oppression, that's, you know, that's the enemy. And he's going to always bring that. He's going to bring that to you. He's going to, oh, you did this and you did that and you don't deserve this and you don't deserve that to make you feel like you don't deserve the promises of God. But we have overcome by the blood of our, by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. So we go through those things. We have a testimony. God brings us out and we're able to help other people. And he's developing us in the process. Exactly. So we all have to go through that process in order to be developed. Just like if you think about like the process of 
a diamond yes. and the extreme heat and pressure that it has to go through to become a diamond. It doesn't just start out that way. Without going through that process, it will never become that diamond, that Absolutely. that beautiful, shiny diamond that we like to wear on our on our finger or around our neck, on a necklace, on a bracelet. It doesn't start out looking like that. It has to go through a very a, a very hard and extenuous process. Yeah. And so it's the same with us. If we want to come out as 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 that pure shiny diamond, we have to endure and also go through our own process. We do. Um and going back to the relationship with your um child father, you talked about how it was a little abusive. Not and abusive doesn't always mean physical. People think when you say abusive, oh, you was beat, you would beat up. No, you can be verbally right, abused, yeah. you can be emotionally abused. Yeah, there There's are all so different many types forms of, abuse. of abuse. So what do you, what would you say to a young woman now in a relationship that you've experienced and you see the signs and you see what's going on? What would your advice to her be? What would my advice be to someone that is if they if that they are in a, a relationship like that yes. or they see signs of abuse. So number one is know that you are worth more than that. Never settle for anyone abusing you in any type of way, whether it is physically, mentally, emotionally, verbally, whatever the case may be, never allow someone to abuse you in any way, shape, form, or fashion just for the sake of having a man, being with somebody. Because I see a lot, uh, especially nowadays, that there are a lot of women out here that will put up with just a whole lot of foolishness, not even talking about abuse, but add, add abuse onto it just for the sake of, having somebody or being with somebody or not wanting to be alone. And let me tell you, and I promise you, it is way, way better to be alone, to be by yourself, to have your sanity, to have your peace than mm -hmm. it is to be with somebody that is not treating you with the respect and the dignity that you deserve to be treated as as a queen because we are all queens, and so we have to know that and remind ourselves of that so if somebody ever enters or comes into our space or our life and they are treating us, you know, any less than that, then we know, okay, this is not of God. This is not God sent because who God sent, you won't you won't have to question it and there won't be any type of behavior in that way that's gonna cause you to look down on yourself or second-guess yourself. Because a lot of times when, when people are in those types of relationships for a long period of time, they, they can get to a point where they almost start to blame themselves or they feel yeah. like they may deserve it. Instead of not really holding that person responsible and accountable, we're all responsible and accountable for our own actions and our own behaviors. So I would say, one, recognize and know and remind yourself of your worth. Never settle for less. And number two, get out of it. Break it off as soon as you can because it's not worth it. Even if it's not physical, just like you said, there are all different types of abuse. Mm -hmm. And the other types of abuse over time can eventually lead to it becoming physical 
So you don't want to even put yourself in that situation for an extended amount of time because all you're doing is allowing more and more time and opportunity for it to evolve and for it to get worse because it will get worse. It will not get better. So you need to come up with a, a plan, an exit plan, and a strategy to, to get, out of that relationship, get out of that relationship, seek help. When you first see the signs, the red flags, don't ignore them. Don't sweep them under the rug. We have to know and recognize what the red flags are, which are, you know, if they're being extremely uh, controlling, mm-hmm. if they are, you know, if they're constantly talking down to you, if they're possessive over you, they kind of always want to have you to themselves and they don't want you to really spend time with any family or friends, uh, anything like that. If they're extremely jealous, like all of those are really, really blatant red flags. And a lot of times we see these red flags and they're flashing like bright red in front of our faces and we choose to ignore them or make excuses for them because we say, oh, well, we think in some twisted, weird way that that person is just, you know, really showing how they care for you. No, if they really care for you, they will not be acting uh, overly overly uh, possessive or controlling or if they are always if they're uh, manipulating you if they're talking down to you if they're you know all, if they're always calling you out of your name um if they're extremely possessive jealous if they don't want you to talk to anybody else if they are always suspicious like these are red flags that we have to know about and when we see them we have to take them for what they are we have the exit stage left and we have to go on about our business so that's what I would say to that person if they are experiencing that or dealing with that is that you need to know your worth. You need to understand and know the red flags. And if you're seeing those red flags, you need to remove yourself from that relationship as soon as possible because you are worth more and you deserve better. Absolutely. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today and just telling the people about your book. Once again, it's delayed but not denied, and tell them where they can find and get a copy of that book. Yes, absolutely. So if you would like to get a copy of my book, Delayed But Not Denied, How to Remain Diligent Through Setbacks and Disappointments, you can go to my website, which is chatneywhite.com. Go to my website, chatneywhite.com, and you can get a, a personally a signed copy by me, or you can also go on Amazon. It is available on Amazon, the uh, hard copy and the Kindle version. If you want the Kindle version, you can just go on Amazon and look up Delayed But Not Denied by Chatney White, and you will find it on Amazon as well. Okay. So with that being said, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to and share my YouTube channel at Kimberly Speaking. Until we speak again, be blessed.